Friendshiping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. We're sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking that shit down. No <laughs> exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it for free in the App Store. Overcast won't put a ring on it. Oh. Overcast is noncommittal. <laughs> I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This, this is Friendshiping. And the theme this week is... Long text messages. I've never wanted to receive those. Ever. In my life. <laughs> Jen and Trin here. We'd like you to vote for the least embarrassing person left in this race. And that is Bernie Sanders. We both agreed to vote to defeat Trump this November. We're going to vote blue no matter who. But it doesn't have to come to that because in the primary, we don't have to settle for whoever the DNC wants to give money to. We can actually vote our values. And Bernie has a perfect pro-choice voting record. And he's someone that young people will come out to vote for. The youth vote is a huge reason we got Barack Obama into office. I went to the Bernie rally in Grant Park last weekend. And before he really got into his long, about 40, he spoke for about 45 minutes before he got really into it. He said, it's going to take the largest voter turnout in history to defeat Donald Trump. And that's what we're going to do no matter who the nominee is. But before he even spoke, there were so many amazing speakers, including leaders from the teachers union, electricians union and nurses union. And my favorite speaker of all was this older woman who shared a story about her great-grandmother who was living in the 1960s, and she was doing a sit-in demonstration at her college to protest segregation. Her great-grandmother sat in protest with five other Black people and one young Jewish college student. And that person was Bernie Sanders. Biden is not a practical candidate because he's an enormous liability. His record with women, they need a not hill. me, us. Touching people. Not me, us. All of the weird shit not he me, says. me, us. Burn dog! Not Burn dog! Burn dog! Friendship between humans has many benefits But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits View friendship at the problem Hello. We're being normal now. Jen... Uh, you know how every day is kind of like an unpleasant surprise? A new one? Oh my God, I've Jen. got one for you, and it's no. that I haven't managed to watch um, Love is Blind yet. <laughs> oh. I'm very sorry. Of all of the unpleasant surprises that I've had to live through in the past four years, I don't feel like this really ranks, so don't <laughs> worry about it. I'm very glad to hear that. Honestly, Jen, I think that my brain rotted away based on how much Love is Blind I've been watching. So my wonderful partner, I've been having dreams where like drama's happening. Like he's cheating on me, but also like I know that person and they're my best friend, but I've never met this person Oh, before. Love is Blind has infected your brain. It definitely has infected my brain. So I don't wish this absolute intellectual cancer on you, Jen. Only when you feel like you can best fight it well, off. Well, I have to watch it because it is everywhere now. It is. Every now, person yeah. I know has watched it. I, even, I had one friend who was like, I'm not watching that. And then uh, we, I don't really, I don't generally pressure my friends to do things, but I was like, get down here in the dirt with us. Come on, roll around. Roll around in the muck with us. Come on, you jump love in. it, jump you in, swine. Jump into the garbage heap. <laughs> and then, uh, sure enough, about four days later, I got a text that was like, so, Jessica, total mess. Can't believe her, her drunken act takes place. I was like, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Welcome. So, okay, Jen, here are the things that we could talk about. Okay. Or that I could talk about. <laughs> <laughs> that you could talk to. About my life. Okay, so... My friend Kathleen came over to my apartment. And as you know, I don't allow people into my home very yes. often. Because, and it's mostly for the, um, it's suddenly obvious that I, the, the things that I do are weird. Now that there's an audience. 
Got it. So, yeah. And you work from home full time. I do work from home full time. So you've internalized a lot of these weird things. Yes. And I also don't really like leaving my home. Everything I own is there. Yeah. <laughs> my cats are there. The sun is shining at a comfortable distance. So I like being in my apartment. But there are certain things that like, you know, they, they hit me uh, when they when they happen that they're weird, such as when Kathleen came over, I realized that every time my cats, either of my cats leaves my presence, I shout goodbye. I love you. Either cat or just either the one. That's adorable. But like, I should train that out of myself. I feel like In- just hard disagree. <laughs> just like because I, I uh, what was the other weird thing that I did? And I was like, oh, fuck. I usually go, Mammy, where are you going? Where are you going? What are you up to? You got something to do? Because she's usually right by my side. So I'm like, what's on your agenda? You got business? Yeah. Are you going to get some water? <laughs> oh, that's so cute, Jen. I saw uh, updated Roscoe puppy pictures on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's cute that you remember his name. Roscoe is the name of uh, the neighbor dog. Because he's beautiful. He's so cute. He's and But Oreo most people have just been like, baby. when they've said hi to me, they're like, hey, cute neighbor dog. Like they don't, they they know enough to know that that's not my dog, but they know enough that I, I keep really close tabs on my neighbor's <laughs> yeah. dog. He's in your dog community. He's in your greater extended dog area. Uh, the way I Instagram about this dog, you would think I was having to be friends with his owners. We're not really friends. You don't really know don't them really that well. I don't really know them well. I, I frequently forget their names. <laughs> it's okay. I know. But I remember the name of their dog. Yeah. Yeah. I really yeah. do love that. He's a good boy. Oh, good puppy. Jen, so as you know, I'm still getting married. You are. Right. Because yes. I got married. I got legal married. And now I'm planning like the party marriage in Canada in, in June. And I decided that, as we also talk about, like I'm having like a non-binary journey. And sometimes I can feel like I'm not at home in like women's spaces. And and it comes up a lot in wedding planning. Because so we went to go. I actually got a dress. Yeah, we went dress shopping. Jen and friends, which was wonderful. And I prefaced it with, okay, guys, so uh, I just want to be public facing woman. I don't want to talk about it in front of other people. I don't want to get into it. But when we're alone, I want you to be like, damn, sir, your tits look amazing. That's one beautiful fella. Like, chap, you are really rocking it with those legs (laughs) sort of thing. Uh, And so, like, I find basically what I'm saying is I'm trying to find ways to make myself feel more comfortable in these spaces. And it's been actually pretty effective. Uh, one of the things I want to do is that uh, I'm not going to have a bachelorette party, but I am going to have a bitchlorette party because not everybody coming is a woman, but they are all bitches. Oh, yeah. They all embody that. Right. And so it's going to be uh, like a, a hard four hours and then people need to get out. Oh, that's amazing. And we're going to watch Birds of Prey and just do like bitch things. And, and, and I think that that's what's going to happen. That I think sounds like an thing. amazing night. So let's do that and hang out with my cats. Um, yeah. Jen, uh, what else do we want to talk about before we get into this question that uh, I feel is, uh, once again, oddly straightforward? Yeah. Yeah. We got a question. I kind of want to get into it, actually, because we got a question about um, so having a friend who texts you very long messages. Yes. And perfectly stated, the message to us was also very concise. Yes. So I just think that's interesting. This person is like a journalist. Yeah, Totally. They don't mince words. Who's reading time? I think it's me. Yeah. I think I'll do that. Let's okay. accept this I'm reality. A, I'm going to do it up. As okay. our own. Jen and Trin. TLDR. My friend is a long texter. It's a lot. Should I say something? Here's the longer version. My friend, let's call her Mildred, who I mostly talk through through text, tends to send novels and play-by-plays of everything she's doing. It's a lot. And sometimes I just don't respond because it's a lot. A lot to read, to process, to decide how to respond. 
I have other things I do in life, and reading and responding to Mildred's texts could become a full-time job. I've thought about telling her, but I don't want to hurt her feelings, and I feel guilty for feeling like she's a lot. I've had someone tell me I'm a lot, and it really hurt. It doesn't really harm me to just keep my answer short, and she's never said anything about the length of my responses. Should I just keep the status quo, or should I tell her to give me the Cliff's Notes version instead of the full story? She, her. So the good news is that the problem appears to be not in anyone's brain but the asker. Like, Millie's not mad about not getting long responses back. Or not getting any responses back. Yeah. Yeah. The conflict... And and I'm not saying, Asker, you're so crazy. How dare you? No, this is stressful. I think that the stress comes in that you feel obligated to read these in full. You feel obligated to respond to them. But Millie is not actually obligating you to do either of those things. That is so true. Man, Trin, when when we read this together and you said that, it like blew my mind wide open. I was like, oh, yeah, duh. But it's like you don't realize that until you're outside the situation. It's like you made up a fake Millie that lives inside of your brain who's very, very angry that you aren't reading her texts. And and how how dare you not write a book report on these? You are not going to get a star on your badge for your personal pan pizza at Pizza Hut. Oh, man, I loved those. Right. First question is, what do you want to happen next? Do you want the long texts to stop? Do you want them to keep happening because they make Millie feel good, but you want to not feel obligated to reply? Do you want the Cliff Notes version? Like, because you've got some options here. Right, right. I agree, Jen. And I don't think that any of the options is telling Millie that they're too much. Yeah, no, that's not on the table. Because um, even if you do say, hey, can you give me the Cliff Notes version? That was a lot for me to process. You're not saying, hey, you're a lot. Right. You're not doing that. You're not even going to imply that. I also don't think that Millie is a lot. Simply because it seems that her allotness is confined to these text messages that she's sending. You didn't say, Millie storms into my apartment three times a week and demands to clean my bathroom. I don't know. Like, she's she's not inserting herself in your life. She just got different text etiquette. Yeah. Yeah. And just as kind of a side note, but you said you're feeling guilty for feeling like the way you are. And I just want to say, you don't have to feel guilty for having preferences. Yeah. You are allowed to have inclinations and judgments even about your friends. And I think we want you to be cautious and kind here when you, if you do end up explaining this to Mildred, because you don't want to hurt her. But try not to punish yourself for simply having an opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. By the way, this would stress me out too. Like I have friends who um, we do exchange long stories and long text messages, but there's usually a precursor or preamble like, hey, can I vent about this? Or the weirdest thing just happened. Can I tell you what happened? Like there's usually like a little note just to lead you in so you know, you know what you're getting into. I just want to say once again that Millie doesn't care that you're not reciprocating the texts. In her mind, she's like, I'm so happy that somebody will just receive these things. You know, like it's probably meaningful to her that she's able to get this out of her system. Yeah. There are many ways that this could look in the future. There are many conversations you can have. So let's explore some of those conversations. The first one is expressing to Millie that specifically the text messages stress you out and why. So I get stressed out when I get long texts because I'm worried that there's bad news hidden in it because or I'm I'm worried that you're mad that I'm not responding or something like that. Yeah. Or like, you know how it's pretty well understood that you don't just call someone out of the blue that you don't normally talk to on the phone because you're going to give them some panic. Yeah. This is your version of that. I bet Millie will understand that. So you can say like, I have a hard time following long paragraphs on my phone or I'm having trouble parsing this. Can you give me the short version? I would like to do more research on this. But one of my thoughts was, I bet this could be an accessibility issue, too. So I guess it, it, it all depends. I don't know that we want to immediately say, can you give me the Notes version? Because we actually don't know if that's what the asker wants. Yeah, totally. So, that was their suggestion. But do you 
do you want that? Right. I'd say first saying to Millie that, that this sucks and then saying like, it, 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 and then deciding, is will it be helpful for you to say, okay, so maybe we'll specify these texts as non-urgent and Millie can just keep doing what she's doing sort of thing. And then that will make me feel better. Or are you going to say in the future, give me the Notes version? Yeah, totally. Those are both options. I, I like preface text with non-urgent. Totally. Because then you, she can talk as long as she fucking wants and then you can wait five days before you read it. Yeah. Yeah. You can read it when you're not sober and you feel like musing over what your friends are up to. Also, if it's specifically the text messages that are that are rough on you uh, and and you don't feel like Millie is too much, ask her to take some mental notes and just give you the lowdown in person. So if you're making clear that it's not that you don't love hearing from her, it's the specific medium of the very long text message. Exactly. You know, what wasn't in this question to us, Trin, they didn't say it's the content of the messages. Yeah. They said a novel or play by play of everything Millie is doing. So it sounds like it's innocuous stuff. Because, you know, we've gotten a lot of questions over the years that are like, I, my friend vents to me all the time, or this old male friend won't stop sending me emotional Facebook messages. That's like you're being asked to do way more of your fair share of the work. But that's not really what this is. Right. At least it doesn't read that way to me. Yeah. She, Millie's simply not asking you to reciprocate. To do anything, really. <laughs> right. Except pick up your phone once in a while. Yeah. Even then, maybe not. And I feel like both of these options, the can you contact me in a way other than texts? Can you modify your texts or keep texting me what you're doing? But I just want you to know for my sanity that these are not urgent kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you can hide alerts or mute them. Yeah. Yeah. Until you feel ready to look at them. I do think that talking to Millie is going to be the first step. Definitely. Unless just hearing from us like, hey, like it sounds like Millie is fine and you're not, and you've made up a, an angry Millie in your head that is not that Real. is somehow disappointed. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, gosh, I do this all the time. Like, right. Same. I invent like, oh, man, Trent's probably mad at me. <laughs> I've, Jen, every day I think that you and my husband are mad at me. Every day. Oh, I'm, I'm honored to be lumped in with your husband. Oh, my God. That's the other very day, sweet. I was talking to Connell about how um, so uh, so I am taking some time off of work. And uh, I've been like, you know, catching up on everything. It's like the weddings. I, st- I haven't even gotten into the frame of mind where I've been responding to my fucking emails. That's how much bullshit I've been doing. Anyway, so uh, last night I was talking to Connell about how like he's really he's proud of me. He's yeah. like, you're getting things done. These things need to get done. But I'm constantly fighting with this fake version of him that I made up. Who's like, when's she going to get a job after she's been in- unemployed for five days now? You know, oh, five days. But it's like, you five know, all days. Right. Like, uh, I think we do that a lot. I think that we project our insecurities and our stresses on other people because it makes more sense for other people to be putting obligations on us than than it being ourselves. But I think it's like a learned thing. Yeah. I mean, is there any actual evidence in front of you that Millie's disappointed or something? Like, are they going, hello? Why are you answering? Hello? And if they are, that's kind of, that's pretty strange. That's the worst. That would be really, really, really poor behavior on their part. <laughs> yeah. But like, is any, is there any like hard circumstantial evidence right. that Millie's a sad? Or are you just assuming, oh man, I didn't reply to Millie. Millie, I'm so sorry. I feel so bad. Millie's probably like, oh, but I just don't want to. I'm so stressed. Is that all going in your head? And that's the other thing is like, if it's all in your head, 
like it, maybe this will be easy to solve maybe it'll be like oh yeah you're right fuck i don't need to read those yeah. or maybe it'll have to be like millie i 100 percent get it you're doing great girl you are telling me these things and not obligating me to write back like i totally understand but it, it's me i need you to help me by not giving me these long messages because it reminds me of getting mail yeah it reminds me of getting mail which i hate I don't know. I I was just thinking, like, if somebody told me that my text messages reminded them of getting like unmarked envelopes, like I would be very upset. So yeah, maybe don't, maybe say, don't it that say that. Way. I would be like, they do. <laughs> oh my god, I remind you of student loans. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, don't say that. Just say it's not you. It's me. Assuming that is the truth, because it kind of sounds like it is. It feels like that's the truth. It feels like Millie is just text. She just texts strange. Is Millie a boomer? I was, Jen, I was just going to say, what fucking, her name is Mildred. So she could be like the greatest generation. Yeah. Yeah. God. Just reply, okay, Millie, boomer. Okay, boomer, Millie. This is interesting text behavior, because I don't really have anyone in my life that does this. Do you? I don't. And I... Like, maybe it's just that I'm not that good at typing with my thumbs, but I don't think I've sent any really long text messages. I'm actually going to look at my phone. Uh, let's do an experiment. Let's pick the... The longest text message. Yeah, the longest text that we've sent. This is going to be okay. embarrassing. Okay. 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 I just don't send any long text Oh, messages. a text I sent last night at 10... Yesterday, 9.39 p.m. Wow, I went to bed early. Mavi just farted in my face. She's upside down, butt toward me, and she farted in my face. Ugh. So there's that. Who was that to? John. He was in the living room. <laughs> See, I, I love it. I, I just don't have any. Yeah. Like, I really just don't text. I thought this was going to be a ton of fun and that I would be like, oh, I've uncovered this hilarious thing that I've texted. But anything like, else in here? There's nothing. Like, I'm seeing nothing else? longer than two sentences. Talking about Project Runway, talking about Love is Blind, talking about Love is Blind. I'm looking through my text messages with Andy just because they tend to be the longest ones. And there's nothing longer than two sentences. Hmm. I'm super fucking awake for no fucking reason that I don't have to fucking be anywhere till 2 fucking p.m. tomorrow. So I may legit stay fucking awake until you're done. And then I would get on the speakerphone just to yell about this show with you and Stephanie. I'm just putting that out there. Love is blind is terrible. That's excellent. The, lo- <laughs> the longest text I received was from Bernie 2020. <laughs> now that guy. Wow. Those are long. Man, what a bugaboo. He, you're not even pe- texting him back. I know. Well, I did sign up. You're for... giving him a soft no, though, and he should understand. I'm giving him a, um, a soft yes, actually, because I, I hit unsubscribe. Okay. And then at the rally, and I was like, nah, okay, I'm back. I'll come back. You know, Jen, I, I really appreciate that you're recognizing your own behavior in this situation. And you're not. Which just... is, I'm being a tease. A Bernie <laughs> tease. Bernie. Just kidding. I'm giving him a fuck ton of money is what I'm doing. So, like, I've, I finally have, like, really, like, logged off. Good job. I need to do that. Uh, yeah. I, I actually, it's a need at this point. It's not like a, oh, I'm so sick of Twitter. It's like a, oh, every person is annoying. Yeah. Everyone. Every, I don't think every, it's going to get better. I don't think so as we near November or mm-hmm. July. Like, uh, it doesn't matter if you support Warren or Bernie, you're annoying to me. <laughs> it does matter now if you support Warren because she has dropped out of the race. And so That's if you true. Continue so if, you, to do if so, you continue to back Warren, I'm a little... Uh, like, what are you going to do, buddy? Con- what, I'm a little confused. Yeah. I think you can probably um, shift focus a little bit. Okay, so I'm coming at this as a, as a... I used to support Warren, and I was always like, I'm going to vote 
on the day, whoever makes the most sense. And obviously I'm voting Bernie now. Right. Of course I am. Right. But like, I've never been so lambasted by my own side in politics in my life. Oh, yeah. I mean, the progressive left right now is it's it's a scary place to be. And uh, I'm not saying like Bernie bros or Warren stands. I'm not I'm saying everybody like it's like not a happy place to be right now. And I get it because everything feels precarious. Like all also all around us, the coronavirus is exposing some very serious flaws that were always there that are now like creating huge gaps. Like it's a weird and scary time and people are biting at each other. Yeah, Jen, that's exactly what it's like. They're fucking biting at each other. Like everyone's uncomfortable and angry. And, and but for me, it feels like Twitter is just the place where people vent those fears and those angers, which is every very much in the right. But those fears and angers don't help me. What helps me is like real information from like news sources. And so I'm spending almost no time on Twitter and I'm but I'm reading actual sources more. I think that's a really smart move. And what what also helps me is, again, getting off Twitter and talking to people. Yeah. Like I think uh, all the like you on Twitter, it feels like every tweet is given the same amount of it, like attention on your feed, whereas like someone will be screaming because uh, about something else and someone else will be talking about love is blind and then someone will be screaming again. And uh, that like up and down is not good for my blood pressure. Yeah. So then I talk to my friends in real life about this is what happened at the Bernie rally and this is how I feel about Warren and this is how I like them both. And it's like, oh, this is no one talks this way in real life. Because you're not rewarded with extra numbers on the bottom of your tweet. <laughs> yeah, you're not life. getting the serotonin charge of likes and faves. I mean, the truth is volatile tweets go farther. Harsher tweets go farther because they resonate more with you. And like and I and I've sent my fair share of angry and scared tweets, of course. But I just don't feel that it's worthwhile anymore or helping or helping anyone. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm looking for new sources and uh, there's actually some people I, I whose Twitter feed I check but don't follow. Yeah, me too. Like, I don't want that in my life and yeah. I don't even want to follow you, but I am curious what you think is what's happening. I, that's the other thing. Like, I, I support it. I support the angry tweets, too. Like, obviously, shit posting about Biden is not angry and is practical and yeah. is something we should all do. Jen, Let's talk about something completely non-controversial, which is my long, expensive uh, skincare routine. Oh, I could use some tips. Do you do the 10-step thing? So I don't. What I've been trying lately is going to the doctor and doing exactly what the doctor tells me to do. Do you take pills? Yes. It's kind of a personal question. <laughs> do you so, take the skincare pills? <laughs> I do now. Yeah. Well, I'm on, a, I'm on a round of doxycycline. Okay. Uh, and I've got uh, adapalene, which is uh, a retin-A derivative sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've got clindamycin, uh, benzoyl peroxide uh, in the morning. It's a lot. And, uh, and Jen, let me tell you something. I feel like I'm 15. I don't know what happened. I turned, you know, th- people tell you like, oh, things go downhill in your 30s. That's not true. It's just you have the same problems as, as ever. But then there are other different problems. I as certainly well. do. Yeah, I've, I've complained about this in the show before. I've been getting gray hair since I was like 22. Everybody has their thing, Ugh, I feel like, yeah. you know, and like, obviously, we're both extremely hot and neither of these things matter. But there's something that we have to deal with, you know? Yeah, this, it's more about me. I actually really like gray hair and other people. So isn't that the way it always fucking goes? Especially if I see a woman, I think it's pretty cool that you just own your grace. However, I will not. You don't and you don't have to. Yeah. You do whatever makes you feel most comfortable. Um, But as I I was saying is that uh, I never follow the instructions exactly. (laughs) 
<laughs> of your medicine? Ever. I've never in my life. And I never really thought about it until recently that I'll be like, oh, this isn't quite working. Let me add several other things into the mix and maybe it'll work now. Ooh, and so now you're a little I'm like, chemist. But I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to have like a chemistry experiment on my face. I'm just like, okay, this says put it on once a day. This says put it on pea size amount. That's what I'm doing. I don't... It's, things are happening. Yeah, I do. I would say I'm extra careful with stuff on my skin. I never have the patience enough to be like, do a do a test to make sure this works no. unless it's on your skin. And then I'll be like, OK, I actually don't want to I don't want to get all red. So I will test this on my wrist. I'm too impatient. Good for you. But no, it's bad because like that's the thing is I think that part of my skincare journey is uh, so. OK. Monty Don, that gardening. Show oh, the I gardener. Love. Yes. So there's this one couple that came on uh, in uh, Big Dream Small Spaces. So Monty Don is uh, Britain's greatest gardening daddy. And he went to the home of these two young artists. And the young artists were like, we want to do this, 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 and this. And Monty Don said, well, this is how you can do this correctly. And you might have to make a couple of adjustments, but this is how you do it. And they're like, no. <laughs> they were like, I understand that we have free expert advice from somebody who has been in this business for like 100 years. Don't give a shit doing exactly what I want. And everything they had died. Wow. So, so I'm trying to not be them. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. You know, it's just like uh, I'm trying to accept that uh, my doctor is saying six to eight weeks will check in. Don't fuck around before then. And, not, and I'm like, yeah, because that will skew the results, right? Yes, but that is not who I am inside. And so every day I'm challenging my very being. With I'm proud of you. This is, you're learning a lot from this experiment. I want to ask you more about this garden show real quick oh, before sure, we wrap I mean, up. Yeah, what, yeah. what did they do? What did the couple do incorrectly to not listen to the gardener? Oh, did they just like put plants that they knew that, were, that they were told would die and they did it anyway? Yes. And so so it's so interesting to me how every now and again on the show, they'll have somebody who clearly didn't even Google anything, <laughs> which is very odd yeah, to me. Yeah, because like, how'd you end up on the show? You know how to use Google. Well, and I also think that part of it is they want some very inexperienced people to show how they grow. And which is usually what happens is that people are like, yeah, I'm, I'm in this for a reason. I'm going to follow the advice and I'm, I'm going to ask questions. They, they had no useful questions for Madi. Basically, wow. basically what they wanted were they were like, um, so... The episode's premise is that their neighborhood in which the two young artists live has a yearly like open house. So everybody puts like their art outside and everybody walks through it. And this couple decided they wanted to do a they wanted to build a miniature version of their neighborhood. And they again, like it was it was exactly right. They're putting plants in places they shouldn't be. They were just like, oh, this looks the best. Oh, I don't care if it's not going to work. This is what I want sort of thing. And to a certain degree, I think that that mentality can be very healthy yeah. because I yeah, think it makes you ambitious. It makes you try new things. Totally. Yeah. And you learn stuff from that experimenting. But it was really like, I don't even know. I, I worry about this with myself sometimes that am I doing something creative so wrong that it's like pointless sort of thing? I don't know how to I'll describe I feel, this. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like, is this actually worth and this is this endeavor worth anything? I just feel like it's not worth the time and the money. I just don't think that it's for something like building something enormous and having the an expert opinion that you're ignoring. It's just kind of like, why are you, you wasting that time and that money doing that sort of thing? Yeah, it's not. And I don't have the mentality of like every creative endeavor you should do 100 percent. I mean, I believe in the what I read on Tumblr several years ago. that like bees make honey, birds sing, humans do weird dances and make strange noises like that's <laughs> that's great. And put on little shows for each other. Exactly. Like, please keep doing that. But like just the just the widespread 
plant death that they experience. Yeah, that's a bummer. It's yeah. a huge fucking bummer. I mean, plants are important. Thank God it was only plants, though. Yeah. Um, not that that's, uh, it's not cool to be use a waste of resources or a waste of time, but it, it makes me, and i just curious how they, if that, uh, if that mentality carries over into their other things in life. I was thinking to myself, like, okay, so my partner bakes, but I don't. And if I were suddenly thrust upon a, a baking reality show, uh, even though I don't care about baking, I would try and learn something because yeah. I have yeah, free yeah. access to many experts and equipment and all these things. And that's all I really want out of general human beings when they're being creative. Man, the ability in time to learn something new is something is very precious. Oh, my God. It's like I feel very lucky that I have time in my life to dedicate to learning new things. Like this morning when I did something new, I went to a school for people with disabilities. Um, it's a small school. It has about 65 students. And, uh, you know, I told the person giving me the tour, like, this is new to me. This is this is a very new environment. I've worked in nonprofits for a very long time, but not um, not with people with disabilities. So I, I said, I'm going to take cues from you. And please. What I really wanted to say was, please tell me what to do. Right. Yeah. Please yeah. tell me. And because that is actually a pretty important scenario to not get. Everyone makes mistakes, but I didn't I didn't want to make a mistake today. Yeah. I wanted to be I wanted to be very correct and quiet. And another, another thing that comes to mind is, you know, I do softball in the summer. Um, I'm part of a rec league and uh, I'm very uh, bad at it. And <laughs> um, at first that bothered me. Then I realized it doesn't fucking matter. No. And um, although there aren't too many, women, uh, too many women on my team, I actually think we're the team in the league with the most women, which is pretty cool. But the people on our team that are the most experienced also happen to be men. And I have said to them, I would, I'm here, I'm actually here to learn. This is a moment where I am, I am taking lessons from you that only at the, but if when we leave here, that's over. <laughs> yeah. But I am accepting advice. You're not explaining anything else to me, but the art of softball. Exactly. Yeah. The Jenna, creative endeavor that. of softball. I love that. I just, um, there, so one of the things I can't believe, I'm sorry that I'm talking about my wedding, but it's literally like the main thing I'm working on right now. So I want to just get it done in the next two weeks. So I never have to think about it again until the wedding. And then until I'll look the back, wedding. And yeah. then I'll look back on it fondly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but sorry, I'm loading a document because there's a quote in here that um, I, so we're gathering quotes from like literature and, and things oh, yeah, that we, we did do. that. It's yeah. really nice to, even if you end up using one or none of them, it's really nice to look back on that stuff. I agree. It's been a fun exercise to see what we value and to see how similar those things are. And there's this book, um, The Phantom Tollbooth, which I'm sure many of you have read as a child. And there was this line that stuck out to me as a child that I'd always paraphrased because I did, couldn't remember the exact line. I'm just gonna give you the, the gist. The gist is, with knowledge, whenever you learn something new, the whole world becomes that richer. Uh, and the many places you would like to see that are just off the map and the many things that you want to know that are just out of sight are little beyond your reach. But one day you'll reach them all for what you, for what you this is the important part for what you learn today for no reason at all will help you discover all the wonderful secrets of tomorrow. So it's like knowledge in itself is a good thing and learning something is good. And even if you're on this gardening show and you never want to plant another plant again, learn something because it could it could bring you closer to your path about something else. That is all the motivation I need to get off Twitter. <laughs> I'm not learning much. God, right? Anyway, uh, this has been Friendshiping. Thank you for listening. No, not yet. Not yet. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can at Do Friendship, at Jen Dangerous with two N's, at Trin and Tonic with, I guess, two N's. Trin is one N mm -hmm. and Tonic, no, three N's and ooh, so many N's. Um, please leave us a review on iTunes or something. Uh, <laughs> If you would like to email us a question, you can and you should at friendshipingpodcast at gmail.com. 
Thank you to Ian Parman for editing. Thank you to Monica Verma, our agent, for agenting. Thank you to Molly Lewis for singing our theme song. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for your design work. Thank you to Alex Cox, our pod father and audio daddy. And thank you mm-hmm. for listening. You're welcome for talking. You friendship at the problem. Hi, it's your friends Jen and Trin here. We're like, <laughs> start over. <laughs> I've got the giggles because we're doing things differently.